you name it. We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thoughts and nice, clean minds. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? to you live from central wisconsin where i got the comfy shorts on today so it's gonna be a comfy it's gonna be a comfy wednesday it's good to see you guys out there hope all is well you're coming to you live from central wisconsin where basically we are going to talk about um the news of the day honestly it's um another one of those days where you really got to kind of dig for some stuff to put together for a show (laughs) um it's, it's weird how the news cycle sometimes is just so quiet and you're like, okay, I know somewhere out here, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somewhere out here, there's going to be a story that's going to drop because it's way too freaking quiet. And uh, so you just try to find those. And I got a couple. I got some interesting stuff to talk about today for sure. Um, the the media has gone a few full QAnon crazy. So we got to talk about MSNBC's QAnon hit piece along with the Daily Beast. That's We're going to get to that, uh, I don't know, probably the start of the second half or so. We'll just kind of go through the stuff today. And then we'll go through Telegram and Truth Social and kind of hang out and and see what's going on out there in the world of, of uh, conspiracy theorists and whack jobs that we all are. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I appreciate you guys being out there today. It is Wednesday, the 27th of June, and we have, um, you know, Babylon B articles and other satire stuff to cover. So, <laughs> all right, I appreciate you guys being out there today. Uh, we're going to kick through uh, the, the intro here real quick, and then we'll uh, hang out with you guys, see what's going on out there. And then I want to check in and make sure it looks like it's pretty quiet out there. There's not a whole lot going on. So thank you all for being here today. Still got some fun stuff to talk about. So we'll get to it here pretty quick. Uh, there's been a lot of interesting stuff happening on true social and stuff. And yeah, uh, so we'll get up to all that stuff here today. Red Hummingbird, good to see you out there. Hope all is well. And many others out there. You're looking live at the Foxhole.app. That's right. The Foxhole.app. Do me a favor. Tell a friend, tell a family member about the Foxhole.app. Tell somebody out there that that is not familiar with the platform about why it's such an important platform. Basically, a bunch of anons and a bunch of content creators that were discussing, you know, stuff that's not allowed to be discussed in this world, and which is pretty much anything that the mainstream media doesn't want you to talk about. Um, We all got banned off of pretty much every platform you can find. So the Foxhole team came together with some great group of of investors and helped create a platform for us that it makes it... uh, a safe way for you guys and the most economic way for you guys to help support streamers. That's kind of the the greatest part about the foxhole.app that, that platform compared to any other platform out there, the vast majority of your hard earned dollars goes to the streamer. So if you want to support a streamer, the best place to do that is the foxhole.app. And there's also a bunch of great content creators over there. If you can't find somebody over here to watch, I don't know what to tell you. Dude, DW truth warrior just went live. 
He does a great show. If you guys want to stop in over there and say hi to him real quick, tell him the Uncensored family wanted to say hello, and we appreciate all his hard work. He's a great patriot, and he just went live. GLP Wingnut, there's a new one, uh, just went live. 412 is live right now, based Amy, Justin Form Media, Amy Joe God Loves You, GLP, uh, Chill Extras. What else we got here? There's, I got I to gotta check in on these guys every now and then because I don't get a chance to watch this stuff. Johnny Dangerously is live. Sloan TV, WRH Rivero, Patriot News is live as well. So later on tonight, a bunch of great content creators throughout the night, uh, basically, you know, st- starting every hour pretty much. Looks like Space Shots going live at 515, Season Pixels at 530, True Reporting at 6. You know, Insight Geno, uh, Woke Societies goes live in about, about 20 minutes. Who cares news later on this evening, uh, tomorrow evening, excuse me, tomorrow morning excuse me 6 36 a.m who cares news what is wrong with you go to sleep <laughs> anyways thank you guys all very much i appreciate you guys very much and uh the first group in over here at the foxhole.app was vedmore thanks for being out there appreciate you who cares news toria uh matt 1776 what's good matt hey matt real quick are you still out there uh should i stop sending the backup stream do i do i still need to send my backup stream to the bunker because it's not it hasn't been connecting bro so just want to give you a heads up on that i meant to send you a text earlier today but it's good to see you out there i hope we're having a great evening my friend liberty bells who cares who else trick ponies out there hanging out as well um let's see and uh, i see sea dragons in the house sue the view <laughs> we're gonna talk about the view today for sure we're gonna have a little fun with that uh it's good to see you out there sea dragon Polites, thanks for dropping all the links and trick pony dropping 100 gold pills on me thank you very much i appreciate that let me say hello to everyone over there on Rumble. A great crowd working their way in here today as well. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Do me a favor. If you're over there on Rumble, hit that plus button over there. And uh, if you want to help uh, on that platform, you can use the Rumble rant feature as well. Uh, so you can always do that over there. So thanks, guys. Uh, Chris, thanks for dropping all the links. Styly Girl, Just Mojo's in the house hanging out. Much love. Ildi's in the house as well. Um, Chris, let's see. Glenn's out there hanging out as well. Who else we got over here on Rumble? What's up, guys? I want to say hello to y'all. Thanks for being here today. Styly Girl, Chris, Ildi, all you guys. And then over on Twitch, the crowd, as usual, has worked their their way in here. Brian giving me a resub for three months. Man, appreciate that very much. Thank you, brother. God bless you. I appreciate that. Uh, Z Patriot first in the house. Hua. Semper Fi, brother. Good to see you out there. Hope all is well. Johnny B. Uh, Brian's uh, out there lurking. Thanks, brother. Good to see you. I appreciate that. that Laura, hope all is well. Kit, Cat Rocks. And uh, many others out there kind of lurking and hanging. I, I appreciate that. A lot of lurkers, they're usually people that are drive-time radio. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I appreciate you guys. T-Rex, much love. Uh, all you guys out there, thanks for being here today. Let me see if uh, – did Tiger Network launch today? I don't think it did. No, it didn't. So – they're still working to get that fixed, but you can always find the stream on multiple platforms, Monday through Friday, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network, where you can find the live streams. YouTube, Bandus will be at Screw em. Telegram, True Social links are at the very top, and the rest of the social media links are at the very bottom. And you can find the podcast if you just search Uncensored Day. We're on episode, is it 317 today? Nice. Episode 317 today. You can just search uh, for Uncensored Abe, or you can go to Podbeam, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick one, anyone, and I always always upload the, the podcast to the site as well, so you can always grab the content from there. So bookmark uncensoredave.com. You can watch the show from there. You can get yourself some cool T-shirts. The 2021 archive, 2021 archive blog will go down. Uh, I think <laughs> eventually all of that stuff will be covered in the mainstream media. You know what I'm saying? Like They could literally just go through my archive blog and go, oh, here's an interesting one that nobody talked about. 
Yeah, so that's why that's up there. A lot of interesting ha- things happened last year that nobody talked about that makes it seem like there's just a lot of other things happening out there. None of this world makes sense, and the archive blog will give you a good idea about uh, why we think that. All right, going forward, you can always find the, t- the previous two shows on the website as well as important content that I think you need to see. I'm going to put the Patel Patreon one up there today since there's a lot of talk about Patel recently. Um the the interview that Ed Henry did with uh, with Patel it was not very good and it was very cynical and it was um you know it was it was it was it was it was an attempt to be um t- ask tough questions without really understanding the topic and the, it, it showed itself very very clearly uh, so Ed can hide hide behind it all at once but when you're unprepared for an interview on a complex topic such as devolution you make yourself look like an ass and he certainly did that so shout out to Patel Patriot at least he got the word out there at least he's spreading the word that's why he took the interview because you can get more people to, to get, you know look there's other stuff that's happening in this world and if you're paying attention then you'll see it <laughs> but a lot of people are too busy in their lives and they don't see the stuff that Patel Patriot catches. He's got so much work on, on devolution that the, the stuff is all documented government documents. It's not like he's, he's pulling shit out of his ass and saying, Hey, here's an executive order that I made up. These are, these are executive orders. These are, these are, are, are governmental policies and procedures that are in place in case of a wartime president. President Trump clearly was a wartime president. <laughs> we are still in a war. If you don't believe that, um, well, okay. <laughs> then you probably don't watch any of these shows, and you probably watch CNN or ABC. There's a lot happening in the world, so I appreciate you guys very much. If you want to help keep the lights on, I appreciate it. I could use your help. We're going to talk a little bit about the pit here. We had a discussion, a conference call about a couple hours ago for the pit with Catherine. It was a pleasure to uh, meet and talk, and they, you know, they opened up the floor for questions. But, but uh, the only question I have is when can we get there and when can we get started? That's that's what <laughs> that's the only question I have. Give me my marching orders and let's fucking roll. That's what I want to do. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. It's in a couple of weeks. I got my plane ticket book. I got my car booked. I got to uh, raise a little bit more money for the hotel. Now I'm I'm supposed to get an email today. That's that's going to talk about the hotel options. There's a couple of options, Uh, I guess a classic hotel and kind of a resort hotel. So meaning (laughs) a two day hotel stay at wherever it's going to be is going to probably be a pretty penny. So I probably still got to raise another 500. I'm at about 11, 1200 now in that, in that area. I got to really go back and pull the numbers, but it's around 1200 that we've raised so far to send Abe to the pit. And without you guys, I don't even know how you're just amazing people, man. It's just, um, we've been talking a little bit about my finances because I've turned it into a disaster because moving all my stuff over to my business account. So everything's kind of slowly rolling back into the, the timing and stuff. And that's starting to happen this week and then to next week. So finally that'll help a lot too. finally getting everything, uh, back into one account and I can control it better and all that stuff. But also I can actually have actual revenue forecast and stuff like that. Amazing concept, you know, turning into an actual business. That shit sucks because I never wanted to do this to turn it into a business. I never wanted to do this to raise money. That's not the purpose of what I do. What I do is, is, is I am volunteering to serve America in a different capacity. I used to be a Marine and I am always a Marine and I my oath does not expire. And so what I want to do is use my platform and use my knowledge and my abilities of discernment to bring you guys information in a different way that then hopefully you can't find anywhere else. Um, Roger that T-Rex. 
So thank you guys. We're at, we're at about eleven or twelve hundred or so that we raised. I think I'm going to need to raise probably another four or five hundred to be completely honest. So I'm I'm still I'm still hurting a little bit on that front. But thank you guys for all your support. I got I got money coming in from Foxhole and Patreon and all that stuff in the next couple of weeks. So it is kind of covered in some ways. But then there's bills and it. it <laughs> Like I said, I never, all I ever wanted to do, okay, was sit in front of a fucking microphone with a camera in front of me and say whatever the fuck I want to say, however the fuck I want to say it, and hope somebody listens. That's, that's my freaking goal here. My goal is to bring you stuff that is important and, and, and from a different perspective. And I sometimes fail. But nonetheless, all of you guys that have reached out and helped in some kind of way, thank you all very much. Finally, you can go over to mypillow.com backslash Abe, and that is another way that you can help support the stream. You can help get yourself some cool stuff like some awesome bed sheets that are off by, by 60% right now, or uh, 60% off right now. The the uh, the sale of the year. Also, the sandals just went on sale for 30 bucks, man, with the promo code Abe. Slippers as well, only 50 bucks. My pillows, buy one, get one free. Mattresses, towel sets, not mattresses, 50% off the mattresses. Wow. That's pretty nice. Um, but buy one, get, get one free towel sets, bed sheets, towels, and uh, go anywhere. My pillows as well. So a lot of cool stuff, sleepwear, you know, they got, they got a, a full list of all kinds of really cool stuff and they update the website often. So then now they have the dog beds on there for sale as low as $20, as well as pet blankets to cover your furniture. Um, on sale, a new product that they just released as well. They also have coffee coming and a lot of other cool stuff. So I'm going to get involved more of the, more on that front as well with mypillow.com backslash Abe. Use discount code Abe. You get yourself an awesome discount and you can, you can help uh, support Abe and, and or, uh, Mike and you can help support the platform. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys very much. That's how you can help. Finally, at the bottom, at the very bottom, Facebook, True Social Gab links, as well as the PO box and the email address and link trees, all that stuff, how to get a hold of me. Appreciate you guys very much and thank you for all the love support and prayers as always <clears throat> styly girl and you guys are just kind of out there hanging out i appreciate you guys good to see you guys all over there on rumble um over there on uh <laughs> over there on twitch um Brienne, i should just call you Brienne from now on i just freaking rename everybody that's in chat anyway <laughs> cheer me a hundred a thousand bits thanks thanks man i appreciate that dude you're an awesome dude i appreciate it It will definitely help man i will definitely help i get my uh twitch payment at the end of the month so i'll get uh i'll get my sub i have you know it, it took me three and a half years to get a subscriber on Twitch. And then it took me or two and a half years to get a subscriber on Twitch and then a year to get over 10 subscribers. And now you guys are supporting the show and supporting the platform. <laughs> Good to see you, Brian. I appreciate you out there, man. Thanks for the thousand bits. And I appreciate it very much over there on the Foxhole.app. The, the, the crowd's working their way in there today as well. Sean Joe dropping a bunch of cookies on me as always. Thank you, brother. You're always out there lurking and hanging. I appreciate that. Henry kept trying to imply that President Trump was in control instead of military taking charge. Yeah, I don't think he I mean, they, they have no idea. They have no idea how the government really works and they just do what they're told pretty much. They're not, you know what I mean? They, they get sourcing and they, and they spin, they, they're presented with information to form narratives. They may not realize that, but every journalist in some way, shape or form um, has to really uh, do more than just present stuff. Um, you know what I'm saying? They had, so they have to do some more digging on it. So I don't think they have any clue really why 
the Democrats are so freaked out about PS and so freaked out. Adam Schiff wants to add legislation in for to, to cover up government, uh, you know, information with regards to the to the military operating in U.S. soil and all this kind of stuff. There's there's a lot that's been happening. None of us really know what's happening, what's going on, but. We we do believe that there's some other stuff that's happening within our government that we don't that we're not seeing and we're not being told. So, look, if you, it's up to you. You ha, you got to be able to to do look into it yourself and actually look into the information and do it with an open mind. And if you don't have an open mind, if you go in with a, with a confirmation bias at the start, then you're not going to allow yourself to see anything deeper than what's going on in the world. So. It is what it is. Uh, I just got a message on the Patel Patriot Uncensored that I've been sharing out there because of Ed Henry's, Ed Henry's garbage interview um, and the coverage they gave. Now, I gave Patel, you know, like 45 minutes or, or an hour or so, right? So you can't do that in, in a platform quickly in a, new, in a news hit, right? You only get a certain like five or 10 minutes or so to, to cover what you need to do, and that's very difficult to do. So I get that, but... Uh, Ed's Ed's show showed how ignorant he was with regards to the whole topic in general, and more. It makes you wonder if he's aware that there's a lot of other things that happen within our government that doesn't isn't made public, and he just wants to make sure that nobody knows about that. You know, is he is he uh, is he beholden to some other uh, higher standard for journalists? You know what I'm saying? So who knows? But I just got a comment. Sorry, I hadn't seen this interview before. So very good and very informing. A lot of great questions. Grateful to you both, and God bless. Mom, Grandma in Arizona, thank you for the nice comment on the uh, Patel Patriot. So I've been sharing that out there, telling Ed and telling anyone else who wants to actually, you know, inform themselves on a discussion before they have an interview on it. That that would be a good place to start. So I'll get that up on the website this uh, tonight as well. Sean, Joe, thanks. Appreciate that very much, brother. The abolitionists, we might not be seeing it, but Adam Schiff must be seeing it. Else, why try to add the legislation? I, it, you know, it, we, we watched the truth about January 6th yesterday, and the best part about that that amazing um, thing, done, the documentary done by Epoch Times, was the questions, right? Amazing. Amazing what could happen if you just asked the right questions. You know what I'm saying? If you if you just analyze information, okay, and then you ask some questions that are intriguing and people want to know. That's an amazing concept, really, when you think about it. Rick Rennell and Cash Patel to campaign for Trump-endorsed candidates Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, and Abraham Hamada in Arizona. Rick Rennell is going to be getting back into the fold here. We figured that was coming pretty quick, so that's good to hear. Uh, Amy said, I don't think Patel did a bad job at all. I don't think he did a bad job at all either. I I, I think for sure, Amy, that um, given the time and the information, he was able to get enough out there to bring people in to at least look into his information deeper. Um, but there's a lot of people that, that won't spend, you know, I mean, it took me on average a good hour to get through a lot of his articles and he's in on article 21 now, I think 2021. So not every day has a, everyone has a full day to go in and dig on all that stuff. That's why, you know, quick one hour pieces like what Patel and I did and, and what others have done in the matrix and shady have done a great job getting it out there. Many others. So, um, you know, um, in, in the fact too, that there are others that are intrigued by the discussion of re devolution and or a version of devolution, i.e. continuity of government, right? Like, 
<laughs> the continuity of government plans that are in place in the United States of America are, are clear and their procedures that are in place in case of a, um, a catastrophic event. You could consider that China placing a puppet president into a, <laughs> into the white house in a stolen election. Clearly where there was foreign interference is an act of war. It, Okay, so maybe you think the election was not rigged and Joe Biden actually won. Well, then I really can't help you. <laughs> yeah, I think Patel did a pretty good job, though, Amy. I agree with you. Hey, Leah, good to see you out there. Tech264 said, uh, did Patel even give out his website during the interview? I, I don't think he had time. Uh, yeah, I think he did. I think he did say devolution.link a couple of times. I think he did, yeah. That was, that was the one thing that you got to make sure you do, right? <laughs> so, all right. So let me check in here uh, with, just see if there's anything breaking right now. There's a couple people that I've been keeping a close eye on because I'm expecting information from them in the near future <clears throat> with regards to FOIAs and other things. Um, so I've been watching Undead FOIAs account <laughs> closely, and I've been watching... Uh, techno fog and others to see if they're going to be bringing us any information in there soon. I'm hoping we're going to get something Durham in the near future. We, you would think that you know, going into the end of July here, beginning of August, we're going to start getting some more Durham stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what's coming on that front. What's up, Aaron? I hope all is well. Good to see you out there, my friend. All right. Did you hear? You guys have been probably hearing about the monkeypox crap, and I'm obviously if you've been listening, I'm like. You're probably wondering, hmm, Dave, Abe hasn't said a damn thing about monkeypox. Well, I have this to say. <clears throat> Rumors that a man has hung a straight pride flag on doorposts so monkeypox will pass over. Coming to us from Covington, Louisiana. <laughs> With the monkeypox virus plague tearing its way through the gay bathhouses and teachers' lounges across the country, one desperate man hung a straight pride flag on his doorpost and hoped the plague will pass over his household. Quote, while monkeypox plague strikes our neighbors, we'll be protected, and the angel of monkeypox death will pass over us, said local advertising executive Marcus Smithson. <laughs> To members of the press in the front of his newly protected home, puffing out his chest with pride as he gestured to the orange and black banner behind him, straight pride. Quote, after COVID, gas prices, all the financial judgment we've endured over the last few years, we decided it was time to prepare whatever crescendo of devastating was coming, Smith, Smith and added. <laughs> Despite some neighbors touting alternative preparation methods, this flag will make sure no same-sex funny business enters these doors. At publishing time, Smithen was safe from monkeypox and had his house burned down by activists for hanging the homophobic flag. <laughs> oh, good old Babylon B cat girl out there. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> The reason why I love articles like this from Babylon B is because it's a triggered. It's a triggered. <laughs> All right, Captain Keschel. Let's get to this because this is some. I got some Wisconsin stuff to you guys for you guys to start the show off with today, and then we'll get through the rest of the QAnon crazies out there as well. Captain Keschel just dropping this just as uh, the start of show time here. So let's see what's going on here. Um. <clears throat> 
He says this, <laughs> David cut off a piece of Saul's robe. This patriot in Wisconsin penned one of the greatest emails ever to Representative Rantham's office showing how he ordered Robert, Robin Voss's mail ballot with no ID and had it sent to his own house. And now you know why a filthy voter roll and a mail-in ballot does to an election. Let's see how this goes. One man courage. is So he's, he's kind of trying to protect his name. Here is the email, shall we? Significant vulnerabilities at request an absentee ballot, Wisconsin.gov, have been identified where anyone with a smartphone or computer can order an absentee ballot online in someone else's name and have that absentee ballot sent to an address other than the registered voter. All you need is the date of birth. Further, the ID of anyone requesting these absentee ballots is not requested or required. Yesterday evening, I proved how easily absentee ballots can be nefariously ordered. I went online and successfully ordered absentee ballots in, in Corey Mason and Robin Voss's name to be shipped to my address. I selected these two high-profile figures because they are scufflaws and have no respect for the law and are among the most dis disingenuous and notorious fraudsters within our state both in their own way have contributed to the demise of the public's lack of confidence in our elections. I will of course return their absentee ballots should they arrive to further support the, and verify my findings. I obtained permission to order absentee ballots from numerous individuals from around the state and successfully ordered their absentee ballots to be shipped to my address without their assistance. These efforts verified with that a very large scale absentee ballot harvesting scheme with nefarious intentions is easily accomplished due to a lack of secure website along with the mail administration and malfeasance of WEC officials. <laughs> Recognizing the destruction of our republic is imminent with the continued voter fraud, the need for an informed public is paramount. We will be pro providing the public with these recent findings immediately. I stand ready to be charged for exposing these voting vulnerabilities when I ordered Mason's and Voss's absentee ballot online, all without providing a photo ID or identifying myself. We are still a republic, and where we elect our servant and leaders, servant leaders govern with our consent and the public's consent is currently weaning to a possible point of no return. I am a citizen as a citizen. I am disgusted and appalled with the continued systematic failures of the WEC to secure our elections as citizens and elected officials. I urge all of you to act upon this information immediately, take actions to nullify the current early voting ballots, secure our elections and be a force to quash all voter fraud within our state. Respectfully submitted. <laughs> hey, Bonnie, good to see you. Have a great day out on the lake. I wish I was there. Dodge County is full of Michael signs. Around me in Winnebago is a bunch of uh, clayfish signs. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, go here of it. All right, so here here is that email. Um, I'm not going to show you the headers on it, but I am going to show you the ballot. Here is an example of one of the ballots. It looks great, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's see. What's this? All right. It's just showing the ballot, and it's signed off by an election official right here. This is uh, an absentee sign-off, and then it shows where they can just fill out the ballot. 
Nicely done. Great work over there by Hot Wisconsin. Much love to them. Um, it's a, he's a great dude, and he's one of the greatest uh, organizers in Wisconsin of getting people involved, letting them know what's going on, and doing the great work. So good stuff. Um, so Exposure picked this up, too. Um, and uh, Racine Sheriff Smalling is set to release a presser uh, detailing in full soon. So um, the Racine County Sheriff is also involved with this, and we will see um, where this goes. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. Hey, Cat's Paw. Cat's Paw and all you cats out there, you guys hear about cats being uh, declared domestic terrorists now? <laughs> I am not domestic terrorists, but uh, that was pretty funny. I, I almost talked about that article. Today. I was like, eh, whatever. Also from Wisconsin, another Nazi goes down. That's two days in a row we dropped a Nazi out of Wisconsin. Alex Lazary's little punk bitch ass dropped out of the U.S. Senate race after putting $12 million into his campaign. You got to love them just tossing money into the wind. You know what I'm saying? So there we go. Uh, surprising news. Lazary was in a tight battle with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. See, Barnes thinks he's going to win because he is the radical left candidate. And um, I got news for him. Ron Johnson's pretty uh, solid here. <laughs> Ron Johnson's got a pretty good uh, a pretty good following here in Wisconsin, and he's not uh, you know he's he's definitely somewhat establishment uh, clearly. Um, but he's been in D.C. for a long time. But he does he does do the right things, and he is standing up for the people of Wisconsin. So God bless him for that. Also from Wisconsin, uh, terrible news uh, yesterday. This dropped uh, yesterday afternoon. A top Wisconsin Democrat, Janet Booley, kills a mother and a five-year-old daughter in a car accident while she was on the phone with the local media. This leftist dumb fuck was doing an interview with a news anchor. Top Wisconsin Democrat Janet Bowie killed two on a, on Friday in a car accident a day after she reportedly underwent cataract surgery. Bali was uninjured while the mother and her five-year-old daughter were killed. Washington Senate Democrat leader Janet Bali was involved in a fatal crash on Friday a day after she reportedly went, went underwent cataract surgery. Killed a young mother from Pennsylvania and her five-year-old daughter. Ashland Police uh, Chief Bill Hagstrom told the uh, Ashland Daily Press on Monday that Bali 70 was not injured in the fatal accident. Uh, as of er early Tuesday, no charges have been filed as State Patrol is still reconstructing the, the crash. We'll be sitting down with them and going over uh, everything as far as determining how it actually happened. Uh, then we'll forward that uh, information to the district attorney for a review. Um, so there you go. Bully was pulling out of a Lake Superior Beach entrance. Uh, when she ended up in the path of a car driven by 27-year-old Alyssa Ortman, according to Ashland Police. When Ortman's car collided with bullies, it spun across Highway 2 and was hit by another vehicle driven by Jody Munson. Bali was reporting on the phone with a local Wisconsin media outlet at the time. She hit the car with a young mother and a daughter. Uh, so there you go. Um, the paper reported that the state lawmaker then fell silent mid-sentence. And when the intern asked if she was okay, Bully said to have, yeah, I'm okay. This is not a good accident. So there you go. Um, a, a terrible story. She drove herself a day after cataract surgery. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point there. Um, you know, 
a horrific story. Anyways, that, that uh, came with coming to you guys from Wisconsin today. Keeping it moving here today. Uh, hey, Cole Talker, good to see you out there. Did Bill Clinton die? Um, not that I know of. What, you talk, you've been talking to uh, Phil Godlowski or something? <laughs> Kamala can't. Kamala can't do anything, for that matter. She can't even... Uh, <laughs> she can't even give a speech without offending somebody. Kamala can't. Let's see what this says, shall we? <laughs> For all the ridiculous talk of invoking the 25th Amendment during Donald Trump's presidency. Stupid gum. It's truly the eighth world wonder that we're not talking about it, given all of our current circumstances. <laughs> we have a president right now stricken with a deadly virus, and he's well into the age demographic that's most likely to succumb to an, to an infection. Worse, there's no question that Joe Biden's successor could not possibly do the job. Kamala Harris is a joke, but it's not funny. She waddles around giving nonsensical speeches and interviews. Together, we must work that has always been done and will, we must do the work that has always been done and we will continue to be done if we work together on the work that's ahead of us for always. <laughs> Her staff is either complaining to the press or resigning in mass. <laughs> and she hasn't managed to do a single thing that would lead anyone to believe she's ready at the moment's notice to be sworn in as president of the United States. If you thought if the thought doesn't fill you with panic, check your pulse. <laughs> Presidential biographer Jeffrey Frank did the did his damnedest in the New York Times column this week, making the very, very dubious case that Harris can get prepped for the job if she only could get some help. He said she hasn't been given the sort of immersive experiences or sustained high-profile tasks that would deepen or broaden her experience in ways Americans could see and appreciate. <laughs> Recall that within his first two years in office, Biden brought, brought, out, brought out the bells and whistles to trumpet that he was given the responsibility of the southern border and national voting legislation to Harris. I asked Kamala to be the last voice in the room, Biden said on August 12, 2020. The vice president's going to be the last person in the room. She didn't realize that means she gets every assignment, Biden said in March 21st, 2021. Dana Bash, Afghanistan. Were you the last person in the room, Harris? Yes. Aha. April 25th, 21. That the border remains a horrifying mess, that Democrats have never passed new voter legislation, and that Afghanistan withdrawal resulted in an international embarrassment, plus 13 dead service members, is not because of any of those tasks are insufficiently immersive or high profile. It's because Harris, along with everyone else in this administration, is incompetent and unqualified. There isn't a single area where she has succeeded. That Biden actually sent her to meet with NATO allies while we teeter on the brink of war with Russia should have in itself been recognized as a national security threat. So long as Harris remains first in line to becoming president, this country is in every sense of the word unsafe. <laughs> A really good article by Eddie Scary in today's Federalist that I uh, figured would be a little bit of fun for you guys today. 
So there you go. There's that. All right, where are we at here? About 20 minutes to the top of the hour already. Time's flying by again. Thanks, you guys, for being here today. Jill Benton out there hanging out. She's not even a natural citizen, and she's, she, yeah, she technically can't be a president. I agree with you. I thought that I thought he may go there on that, but he decided not to. Uh, Jill picked Harris to protect himself from getting 25th. That's a good point, 264. I appreciate that. Bitch Troy dropping some more shades on me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, it's good to see you guys out there lurking and hanging out today. Uh, Brian, thanks for gifting us uh, a one month sub to cat paws. I appreciate that brother. Thank you very much. Um, I've seen red pill on BitChute, I believe a few times. Yeah. I think he uploads all of his stuff to, uh, to BitChute. Um, for sure. It's good to see you other. Thanks for being here today, guys. I see you guys have a lot going on. Pillow talk. Won't cut it. Miss VP. <laughs> nice. B car dropping a rumble rant. I mean, did you hear some, Hang, some hanged in Miramar that was behind the cool that was done. Huh. Miramar, huh? What do you got there, B-Car? You, you giving me a little tip there that I need to look into something there? How do you spell Miramar? M-Y-R-N-Mar, I think. Nope. <laughs> I don't know how to spell Miramar. Oh, there, you spelled it for me. M. Y A N Mar. Thank you. <laughs> um, executed Miramar prisoners deserved many death sentences, says the Junta spokesperson. What do you got for me here, Decant? What do you got? I'll, I'll put that into the fold here. I appreciate that. Thanks for the rumble rant. I appreciate that, my friend. Denise, if technically she can't be president, then doesn't the same apply to her being VP? And that means she should be ready to step into Biden's place. Um, no, actually, for VP, you don't have the same qualifications. You have you don't have to be a national born citizen for VP. Figure that shit out. Um, it's kind of a it's it's because because the VP is a selection process by the president. You know, he can pretty much pick whoever the hell he wants. He'll probably pick Benjamin Netanyahu next. <laughs> uh, Ildi says, uh, out there hanging out with True Soldier. I appreciate that. Good to see you guys out there. Anything else? Any other comments that I need to read? Kamal served her purpose. First African-American VP. No further value. <laughs> the glass ceiling has been broke with the dumbest black person on the planet. <laughs> We couldn't, we, there's so many intelligent, amazing black women out there. We couldn't find one with a brain in her head. I mean, just the slightest brain in her head. No, we don't, we can't, we can't do that. We don't, we don't do that. We don't. <laughs> oh man. Wisconsin will decertify. We're trying, man. We're trying. We got another, we have another County that added, uh, their, they're, they're them to the mix as well. What is a woman? A person with breasts and a vagina that gives birth to children only. <laughs> it's a triggered pterodactyl Miramar. Thank you for that. <laughs> I can always count on you. You know what I'm saying? To get that right. <laughs> it's good to see you pterodactyl. I hope all is well said by a black woman. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, okay. Let me get to that, that drop there. Um, B car. What do you got for me here? 
let's hop straight to that. And then I got, um, what else did I have here? Julie Kelly, uh, discussion about Sicknick uh, out there today as well. So let me get to that too as well. Thank you guys very much for hanging out. No, that's not the right one. That one is. All right, here we go. Executed Miramar prisoners deserved many death sentences. Bikar, shout out to you. Thank you for that one. Says the Junta spokesman. Miramar's Junta lashed out Tuesday against international condemnation of the country's first use of capital punishment in decades, saying the four executed prisoners, two of them prominent democracy fighters, deserved many death sentences. I wonder what Hillary knows about these people. <laughs> the executions announced Monday sparked condemnation from around the globe, heightened fears that more will follow, and prompted calls for sterner international measures against the already isolated junta. But military authorities were defiant, with spokesman Jamin Toon insisting the men were given the right to defend themselves according to the court procedure. If we compare their sentence with other death penalty cases, they have committed crimes for which they should have been given death sentences many times, said he, he said at the, right, at the press briefing. They harmed many innocent people, and we'll grab that link and talk more about that in just a second here. There were many big losses which could not be replaced. The prisoners, which included a former lawmaker from ousted civilian leader Aug San Suu Kyi's party, had been allowed to meet family members through video conferencing, he said, without providing details. The junta had previously rejected criticism from the United Nations and Western countries over the death sentences. Extremely troubled. Pao Zeya Thaw, a former lawmaker from Suki's National League for Democracy, was sentenced to death in January for offenses under anti-terrorism laws. Democracy activist Kao Min Yu, better known as Jimmy, received the same sentence from the military tribunal. <laughs> Two other men were sentenced to death for killing a woman they alleged uh, was an informer in, for the junta in Yagon. The junta has sentenced dozens of anti-coup activists to death as part of its crackdown on dissent after seizing power last year. But Miramar had not carried out an execution in decades after a course of international condemnation on Monday, including from the United Nations, the United States, and European countries. There was fresh criticism of the junta on Tuesday. The Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN, uh, block, which had led to diplomatic efforts to end the crisis, said it was extremely troubled and deeply saddened by the executions. In a statement issued by current chair uh, Cambodia, it accused the junta of gross lack of will to engage with ASEAN's efforts to facilitate dialogue between the military and its opponents. In Bangkok, hundreds of people staged a noisy protest outside of Miramar's embassy. Some held photos of Ko Jimmy and Fo Fiozea Thaw alongside Ung San Suu Kyi as they chanted, we want democracy. Well, hey, dumbasses, the useful idiots of the world. That isn't democracy. That's called radical leftist Nazism, you morons. Malaysia's foreign minister, Sufadun Abdullah, slammed the execution, called it against crime against humanity. He called for a review of, so, of the so-called five-point consensus re re reached last, last year. So that's the summary I thank you for that, B-Car. Here is the, I have so many other people I grew up with that I had, I and so many other people I grew up with have cancer. What? <laughs> Biden said, he's, oh, I remember that one. Okay. Um, I clicked the link in here. They had harmed many innocent people. <laughs> it links to Biden. <laughs> what the fuck? 
All right, so there's that one. B car, nice find. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Good call. Just me, you guys freezing up over there. Article 2 says she needs the same quals. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, really? Am I wrong on that, Glenn? She does have to have the same qualifications? Gotcha. I thought it was there's some some mixture of stuff in there. Uh, some precedent and things like that that, uh, that you know, they could bypass it or whatever. Okay. Julie Kelly. Julie Kelly today. DOJ just dramatically reduced charges for George Tanios and two men accused in the attack on Officer Brian Sicknick. Nice timing. After yesterday's video release, Tanios lost his business, spent five months in a D.C. gulag before the D.C. court overturned Judge Hogan's detention order, all to support a false narrative. Here are his original charges. Julian Cotter remains held in D.C. Gulag awaiting an October trial or plea. As I wrote back in April 21, says uh, Julie Kelly, DOJ had no case against either men, yet their lives have been destroyed. And there is no way for Tanios, who has three young children, to get back what the DOJ took to support the lie that Sicknick was killed by Trump supporters. Why is This is why the New York Times published a piece over the weekend accusing me of downplaying what happened to Sicknick. Is DOJ downplaying it, New York Times, by dropping all related charges against George Tanios? Hearing is set for 2 p.m. Eastern. I will cover over here and on truth. Okay. Thank you for that, Julie. I gave Julie a shout-out from our family today because of her great work and articles that, as you guys know, every time she writes a new article, I read. <laughs> All right. As of three hours ago, coming up on Clay and Buck show to discuss. Interesting. Okay, so here is, she does have a new article out today. Let me, let me grab this real quick, and we'll get that out there. Plea hearing set to begin for George Tanios, one of the two men arrested and charged in the attack on Officer Brian Sickmick. DOJ dropped all felony counts, including assault, weapons, and obstruction. Tanios will plead guilty to two nonviolent misdemeanors. Judge Hogan, 83, a Reagan appointee who kept Tanios behind bars for more than five months under pretrial detention, orders before uh, pretrial detention orders before it was appealed. Now going through new charges, DOJ also extended a plea offer to his former co-defendant, Julian Cotter, two felony assault counts with a deadly and dangerous weapon. Cotter has not accepted. His attorney wants more time to negotiate with the government. Tanio pleads guilty to two misdemeanors, a sentencing hearing on December 6th. Ridiculous that he had a plea to two misdemeanors. He is just distraught with uh, being, you know, this stuff constantly being held over him. So Julie Kelly giving us that today. And here is the article with regards to that, uh, that she dropped this afternoon. Federal prosecutors today dropped felony assault charges against one of two men accused of attacking Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick on January 6th. George Tanios of West Virginia was arrested on March 2021 and charged with numerous felonies, including assault on federal officers with a dangerous or deadly weapon and obstruction of an official proceeding. In a superseding indictment filed Wednesday morning by the Office of Matthew Graves, U.S. Attorney for District of Columbia, Handling all of the January 6th prosecutions, Tanniels now faces two misdemeanor counts, entering or remaining in restricted grounds and disorderly conduct. 
Tannios and Julian Catter, his co-defendant in the alleged attack, have been portrayed by Joe, Joe Biden's Justice Department and the national news media as the Trump supporters responsible for the death of Sicknick on January 7th, 2021. After the New York Times in February 2021 retracted its initial accounts of what happened to Sicknick, that he was bludgeoned to death by Trump loyalists using a fire extinguisher, the media then suggested Sicknick died after suffering from an allergic reaction to chemical spray. Catter remains accused of using pepper spray against a line of officers, including Sicknick, outside that afternoon. In April 2021, the D.C. medical examiner wrote Sicknick died of natural causes and suffered no internal or external injuries during the Capitol protest. After prosecutors sought pretrial detention for Tannehill and Catter and D.C. District Court Judge Thomas Hogan, who's 83-year-old, and uh, he denied their release. Both men were sent to D.C. Gulag, set aside for January 6th defendants in August 2021. The D.C. Circuit Court overturned Hogan's order to keep Tannehill behind bars, and he was released on strict home detention orders. Catter remains incarcerated, awaiting an October 5th trial. He's got to wait till October 5th for a trial. So much for swift justice. You can't make this shit up. In an interview with American Greatness last October, Tannehill's father of three young children explained how the false charges destroyed his life, including the loss of his sandwich restaurant. In the court of public opinion, we've all been destroyed, Tannehill's told me during a phone interview. The truth is going to come out, though. It has to. Tannehill is expected to plead guilty today to both misdemeanor, in which he did. Sentencing not coming till December. So there's the update um, on the sicknick stuff. Very interesting timing, is it not, to see... As um, the DOJ drops charges against a false narrative. And here we go again. The wonderful world that we live in. All right. Coming close to the top of the hour here today. Um, may I post my rumble? Oh, absolutely, Chris. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Always, always, always. Anytime anybody asks for your for your channel, please, please do. <clears throat> Deplore Laura. Twitch deleted most of our great other great guys. Yeah, Twitch has pretty much dumped most of the great accounts. I have no idea how I'm still here. That's coming too for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of under the radar on Twitch, so that's why I think a lot of those bigger accounts they you can't stay under the radar when you got that many followers. So, uh, all right, thanks guys for uh, hanging out. Close to the top of the hour here. We got another article to hop to today, and then we're gonna get to uh, <laughs> QAnon re. Glenn Greenwald in the New York Post today had an interesting discussion I need to talk about. Tech 264, I'm sure our corrupt government is pissed about this because they see the writing on the wall. You think Tech 264? Thank you for the cookie, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. They're starting to they're starting to see that the false narrative isn't, isn't gonna stick. Myanmar, the first country to publicly hang elites. <laughs> Amazon, good call. Good call. You guys want what did I do with that article? I I should have I should have dropped that article out there for you. What did I do with it? Oh, here it is. From Insider Paper. If you want to help spread the word about that, <laughs> military tribunals and the first executions have just happened. It's an important point, is it not? <laughs> Elites put to death in military tribunals in Miramar. Hillary, would you like to discuss what is happening in Miramar? Miss Clinton, how about Jake Sullivan? Can we get Jake Sullivan on the record? 
about what's happening in Miramar? <laughs> Mr. Obama, have you heard? <laughs> There's military tribunals. <laughs> She's not gone, freestyler. Don't fall for false narratives. All right. <laughs> there you go. There's that. Freaking Taurus still not launching, man. All right, let's get to Gren's stuff, and then we'll get to the top of the hour, and then we'll reset for the second half. We'll talk about some QAnon stuff. Glenn Greenwald mocks dreary banal <laughs> Samantha B. As uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but this crazy bitch got her show canceled. <laughs> and uh, Glenn uh, made sure to take a little swipe. Glenn Greenwald skewered former Daily Mail star Samantha B on social media on Monday, just hours after Warner Brothers Discovery pulled the plug on her TBS late night show after seven seasons. Greenwald, the journalist who won a Pulitzer Prize for his reporting on Edward Snowden revelations, trolled the official Twitter account of Full Frontal with Samantha B on Monday, which announced that it would no longer air this fall. <laughs> This program was typically dead last in the ratings for the la for late night shows, barely attracting an audience the size of a mid-level YouTuber, Greenwald tweeted. Even the barely visible Don Lemon has more people watching. This show will be missed by a few dozen liberals. <laughs> Greenwald wrote that by far most of her notable moments while hosting the dreary banal liberal show was when she called Ivanka Trump a cunt. The feminist legacy... As trivial as and in, as trivial and inconsequential, it was failed and pointless. Grant Glenn Greenwald treated, tweeted. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Greenwald tweeted on Monday that the late night television was one of the was at one time attracting tens of millions of viewers, has seen its audience collapse by becoming a liberal. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Good stuff from Glenn Greenwald. And um, see you later, you crazy bitch. As we continue to shape our new programming strategy, we have made some difficult business-based decisions, TBS said. <laughs> oh, man. See you later, you crazy bitch. She'll end up on MSNBC soon enough. <laughs> I know. I apologize. It was Samantha B who used it, not me. <clears throat> Business based. <laughs> Leftists are beyond low class. I am with you. <clears throat> that needs to happen over here. Yeah. I hear you. Keep praying. Actually, don't pray for that. <laughs> Keep praying that justice is served. We can, we can pray for that, can we not? Yeah, pretty much. All right, guys, top of the hour here already. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out today, guys. Um, the Daily Beast has an, has an article out by Matt Lewis, the senior consultant for the Daily Beast. At least they label it an opinion column. Um, <clears throat> QAnon candidates are losing, but their lies are winning. And then MSDNC did a, uh, like a three-minute hit piece on it today. <laughs> So I got that for the second half. Um, I don't know if you guys heard. I'm actually going to play this first, and then we'll do the QAnon crap. Uh, because I want to hear this. You, you guys heard me a couple weeks ago say, 
it would not surprise me if the people around Joe Biden are like poisoning him with pills and shit so they can control him. You know what I mean? We have to listen to Tucker Carlson's monologue yesterday. So we're going to, it's a, it's about nine and a half minutes, 10 minutes. I want to, I want to start off with that. Then we'll go to the Q and on stuff. Then I have, um, a discussion by Margot Cleveland or that I'm, I'm not going to read the full article, but a discussion we need to have about Delaware U S attorney. I think that's important to have. We can have your guys' input on that. President Trump has, has uh, warned to CNN that he'll be fighting a lawsuit against them in the near future. I have the lawsuit. We're going to go through that and not in its entirety because it's 282 pages. However, we're going to, we're going to skim through that. And then, oh, and then I finish up with, um, <laughs> the view <laughs> just because it's going to be fun to do, um, watch them eat crow, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so right. We'll quick here. We'll real quick here. We will check in to see if there's anything breaking out there. And then we'll get to that stuff for the second half. So thanks for hanging out today, guys. If you can, if you want to help the show, you can help buy me a coffee. Don't forget the link. Check that out when you guys get time. Thanks for all of you that have helped support the platform and support the trip to the pit. I appreciate you guys very much. Also, all the other alternate platforms, you can subscribe on Twitch. You can rumble rant. Uh, you can peel box, all that kind of stuff. And don't forget, uncensoreddave.com backslash uh, uncensoreddave.com and mypillow.com backslash Abe. Check those out when you get time. That's how you can help keep the lights on. Bookmark Uncensored Abe and you'll never miss a beat. Explain the pit. I have notes that you're not allowed to see. <laughs> Don't look. The, the goal of the pit in Catherine's words to meet, share, discuss, and share. And that's all I wrote. <laughs> so, so there. That's the goal, okay? To meet, share, discuss, and share. All right? So as soon as I know more, <laughs> short and sweet, right? No, I, I love it. I love it. It was it was just a hello. Um, here's what we're going to do. I need you all to have the utmost of confidentiality for obvious reasons. Um, and we look forward to meeting and having as many people come together as possible anonymously. Um, we want to anybody that shows up to this event, if they don't want their name out there that they were there, then um, we have to kind of be careful with that. So um, honestly, I think, I think what I'm just going to do is, is just take it all in, come back here and debrief you guys and just tell you all of my thoughts about what we found, what we're going to do in general. The goal is a conglomerate of amazing information that they have to share with the public. They, because of the way 2000 mules was, was, um, I don't know. What's the word? The way that 2000 mules was, I, I guess, censored because it, it wasn't allowed to, to really 
get any discussions in places like Fox News and and any kind of mainstream media outlets. In fact, it was discredited by Fox News. Um, so the, because of the way that 2000 mules was received and then also still being censored, because if you talk to people that are fairly, you know, informed and still watch, watch a lot of these alternative shows, they don't, they haven't even heard of it. Some people, even in our, in our circles. So the goal, partially the goal of the way that I understand it anyway, and I could be wrong cause I'm kind of picking apart from different here in different interviews and things like that. Right. The goal is going to be is to present the conclusive information, uh, I think, about the ties to the NGOs and the other information with regards to 2000 mules. All right. To have that um, given to as many influencers, social media accounts, investigative journalists, citizen journalists, anybody that they can find that they believe will present the information in a in a in a fair light. Right. Um, they're going to give us a lot of that information and access to the information so that we can bring presentations to you guys um, and get the information into your hands. Because obviously me just sitting here talking about it or them just sitting there talking about it or all of the disinformation and the disjointed areas of information flow that we have happening here um, it, is a problem. It, it, it's it, the, the, all of the division and all that stuff is still definitely a problem. There are people who are just stuck with their trusted sources and they're not going outside of their trusted sources and that's it. Right? So the more that we can blast this information out there through presentations, through information flow, through, through um, tools that they're going to give to us to, to give us information that then, then we can as a team use these tools to dig deeper into information and find information that maybe we couldn't find in, in our normal sourcing uh, methods. So I think it's also an attempt to get us better information flow and to root out the, the disinformation that we have, that I have to spend 24 hours a day searching through. So maybe, you know, maybe I'll be able to spend less time um, cultivating the news stories for you guys during the day and more time using these tools to present more important information to you guys that you need to hear from a direct source instead of have to having to go through the dissemination of it all. Uh, Bonnie, I don't think I will be at, uh, at Threadfest, um, but I can talk to Patrick. I would love to, I would love to at least go there, but um, first priority right now is the pit. And I'm probably going to stay focused on that um, going into the fall here because we're, we're getting close to the elections here and I got to get involved with poll watching and stuff like that. So I'm going to be pretty freaking busy here um, doing whatever I can for this election. So um, probably won't have time. And then secondarily, <clears throat> there is other stuff that's going to happen from the pit too. Um, we're going to we're going to uh, uh, gather all of our grassroots patriots. Okay, all you great patriots out there that tune in every day to whatever favorite show you turn into. It doesn't have to be me, whoever it may be. We're going to put all of us together, and we're going to find a way to activate you guys because there's a lot of people out there that are like, I got no fucking clue what I can do and how I can help. I, I feel helpless, and rightly so. I mean, there's a lot of us that are that are involved daily that also feel pretty freaking helpless in a lot of ways. You know, there's not a whole lot we can do. We have to kind of wait for the legal system to play itself out and that's taking freaking forever. So, you know, kind of is what it is. So the other goal is to coordinate with, with a, a group of activists to monitor drop boxes and get real time information into the hands of those who can act on it as fast as possible. And that I am going to be extremely involved in. 
<laughs> so there's it, what we're going to do is at a time when you know the tea party uh, started to to get fractures in it, right? And then all it took was another couple more things, and then boom, fractured done. It it fractured the movement permanently. So I think part of their goal too is is to continue to unite to continue to unite people, to continue to say, look, I don't agree with all the crap you have to say. In fact, I think I, th- I, can, I can show you why you're wrong here if you want to listen to it. Um, however, comma, you and I are marching in that direction. Therefore, let's march together. That is the mentality that Greg and Catherine are taking into the pit, and I freaking love it. I, I Thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thank you, because... You know, General Flynn has done as much as he possibly can do to to help bring people together. Clay Clark has done a lot to bring people together to help to help support people. So is Mike Lindell behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Um, so that's kind of um, that's the summary of of what of uh, to the best of my knowledge. Okay, so I, how this plays itself out and how we all get involved. We're going to figure that out. All right. Uh, coordinate with uh, Chris, uh, Roger Ladzi. Yeah, I figured, I, I kind of figured that already. <laughs> yeah, I, I already knew that. <laughs> um, there's a lot of great patriots that are behind the scenes of all of this stuff that are working very hard behind the scenes. And, man, um, the um, what's the word I'm looking for, brother? Um. What's the special operations um, mission statement? I can't, I just, I had it and I lost it where it's uh, behind the scenes and, and so forth. Kind of help me out with a, with a quote on that front, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, Red Hummingbird, you can DM me. I'll, I'll, I'll type, whoops, I'll type in chat. Uh, right, right click on my name and you can DM me in on Twitch if you want to ask a question privately. If you don't want it answered live, tell me. <laughs> I'll save it for later. Um, all right. Uh, why am I getting a shit ton of mentions on four ten twenty? Nice. Be clear. I may have one of the website. Double check it there. Okay. Are am I broadcasting live on truesocial.com? Uh. Don't that I know of yet. You can't um, live broadcast on True Social yet. However, comma that's coming. <coughs> Stealth covert. Mm, I was going with um, I lost it. Never mind. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> the fact is, there's a great group of patriots that are behind the scenes that are working very hard every day. <clears throat> Please talk with Patrick. However, we can get you there either way. Um, Bonnie, I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. I uh. You know, they, they have, um, they have, um, they have a, a great group of people that are, that are going to be there and are, are specific in their, the way that they do stuff. I don't really write threads. I'm not a thread, you know, fast person type, you know, I don't really fit their, their speaker mold. So, but I would love to go cover it if I have time. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm just, I'm just kind of hang with you guys and chat for a second here. <laughs> ninjas the ninjas the cyber ninjas behind the scenes are at work 
Tucker Carlson. Ten minutes, shall we? The problem with Joe Biden is he's cognitively unable to serve. But take three steps back. That's not Joe Biden's fault. It's not his fault he has dementia. No, the fact that Joe Biden is president is an indictment of the media and the Democratic Party because they have known. Contrary to what they're telling you now, Joe Biden's decline, his full-blown senility, has been obvious for more than three years. We noticed it. We're not doctors. And by the way, we had no special animus toward Joe Biden at all. But we watched him. And we said this out loud for the first time we checked today on May 14th, 2019. As of today, pretty much everyone paid to prognosticate on television still considers Biden the prohibitive frontrunner in the race. He checks every box. Therefore, he must get the nomination. That's how they think, because they're dumb. What they're leaving out of the equation is Biden himself. Watch this video and ask yourself if Joe Biden is really going to be the Democratic nominee, much less president of the United States. It was shot yesterday in New Hampshire. Keep in mind, we have not altered it in any way. This is entirely real. Watch. Vice President Biden, do you have a comment on the Chinese tariffs? I'll answer this question. The answer is yes, I do. The president has done nothing but increase the tariffs, the, the, the debt and the trade deficit. The way you have to proceed is we have to have our allies with us. It's not just us. We have to keep the rest of the world together. Secondly, we should labor should be at the table as well as our allies, because that's the only thing. And the fourth thing we should do is be focusing on the things that, in fact, I've been talking about for a long time. China's greatest violation is the way in which they steal our intellectual property. We should make it quid pro quo, as I've told when I was dealing with Xi Jinping. It should be simple. Here's the deal. You say that if, in fact, don't, anything has to be owned 50 percent by Chinese to invest in China, guess what? In America, it's the same thing. This idea <laughs> of dealing with all the only people who are paying the price are farmers and working people right now. He's going about it all the wrong way. A lot of bravado, no action. But wait a wow. second, you're saying to yourself, that didn't make any sense. Not a single phrase in a full minute of talking conveyed an intelligible idea, not one. That wasn't even word salad. It was a verbal Jackson Pollock painting. Nouns, verbs, adjectives spilled like cans of paint bleeding into each other. Sticky postmodern mess. one of the mess. most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Inconceivable! <laughs> Inconceivable! At one point, Biden actually jumped from point two directly to point four. Just to let you know that your old-fashioned linear assumptions about numerical sequencing are no good here, man. That's yesterday's mathematics. So we put that on the air back in 2019. Again, not because we were particularly against Joe Biden. He seemed a lot better than Beto O'Rourke or Mayor Pete. We put it on because we happened to be watching one day and tried to follow what he was saying about China because it seemed important. Not one national news organization had noted at all that this guy couldn't speak in complete sentences, couldn't convey coherent ideas. Nobody had ever mentioned that. And of course, anyone in Washington knew Joe Biden. He'd been there since 1972. And basically, most people kind of liked him. He was a friendly guy. This was not the Joe Biden anyone who knew Joe Biden had seen before. He completely changed. This was clearly cognitive decline. This was dementia, obviously. So we drew a conclusion that now sounds ridiculous, but it seemed logical at the time. This guy can't be the Democratic nominee. He can barely speak. How did he manage to get through the campaign? Well, it turned out, we learned later, his staff, supervised by Dr. Jill, his wife, 
was giving him pills before every public appearance, checking the time and at a certain hour giving him a dose of something. Now, it's not a guess. We're not making that up. We've spoken directly to someone who was there and saw it happen multiple times. Now, before taking the medication, this person said, Biden was, quote, like a small child. You could not communicate with him. He changed completely because he was on drugs, and he clearly still is on drugs. No one's pushing to know what those drugs are. We should know. But the point is, Joe Biden's dementia was perfectly obvious to everyone around him more than three years ago. So we never thought this could happen. You can't make a senile man president of the United States. This is our country. This is a real country. It needs a real leader, even when you disagree with. But someone who's in full possession of his faculties. Oh, no one would ever do photos, that. It's dude. crazy. We're completely wrong. We're wrong because we underestimated the cynicism and the recklessness of the Democratic Party and the media who serve them. They will say literally anything. Yeah, no shit, Brian. The drugs aren't working. Anything. No matter how implausible or immoral, if it brings them more power. They knew exactly how incapacitated Joe Biden was. They lied about it. And the disaster we're living with today is a direct result of their lying. And it's getting worse. It's humiliating. Yesterday, for example, we could go on for an hour, we're not going to, but just to sum it up, yesterday, Joe Biden tried to shake an invisible man's hand. Not the first time he's done this. He did the same thing in April. And both of those sad moments are on tape. Here they are. God bless you all. Thank you President Herzog and President Biden. Oh my God. So if you God. don't like Biden or his agenda, and we certainly don't, there is a kind of partisan glee you take from this. Look how pathetic he is. But, you know, if you're an American, there's no upside, actually. This is horrible for all of us. It reflects poorly not just on the Democratic Party or Biden himself, but on our country. And it's happening constantly with increasing frequency. On Wednesday of this week, during a trip to Israel, Biden announced that we have to keep alive the, quote, honor of the Holocaust. Huh? Continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the hol Holocaust. It's just, it's absolutely awful. And again, there's no upside. So Joe Biden's senile. Everybody knows it. Do we win a prize now? No. We watch our country degrade. So you have to ask, who did this to the rest of us? Who's responsible for putting this guy in a position where he was elected president? Well, we could start the list of the culpable with Joe Biden's 2020 campaign manager, Jen O'Malley Dillon. She did this. Where is she now? Well, she's now deputy chief of staff in the White House. She knew exactly how senile Joe Biden was. Susan Rice knew well, too. Of course she did. Susan Rice now runs America's domestic policy out of the White House. Ron Klain knew perfectly well that Joe Biden was not fit to be president, that he has dementia. Ron Klain was elevated to White House chief of staff. And of course, Dr. Jill, his wife, was perfectly aware. Members of Joe Biden's own family knew perfectly well and told other people about it. We've reported that before, and it's true. And yet they didn't stop him. Mike Donlan was the chief strategist of Joe Biden's presidential campaign. Now he's one of Biden's, quote, senior advisors. Same with Anita Dunn. She was once co-campaign manager. She's now another senior advisor for Biden and a former Obama communications director. She has massive power in this country. That's how she was rewarded for foisting this guy on the rest of us. Brian Deese, same thing. The man who screwed up our climate and energy policy during the Obama years. He knew perfectly well Joe Biden was senile. But he wanted power again, so he didn't say a word. Once again, same principle at work. 
people make grave errors in judgment. They do something horrible to the United States of America, and they're rewarded for it. They're never punished, they're rewarded. These people now run the country. And above all, Barack Obama. Barack Obama knew perfectly well that Joe Biden was senile. Barack Obama spent eight years making fun of Joe Biden and degrading Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden has no dignity, he put up with it. But Obama knew that Biden wasn't fit to be president. And that matters because Obama is, and has always been, the person actually running the Democratic Party. And of course, the media knew. They knew perfectly well. But they lied. From day one, they lied. Here they are telling us during the campaign that Joe Biden actually, shut up ageist, is perfectly fine. Well, he just decided to bypass the primaries and go right to the main event and kind of consign everybody else to the kiddie table. That is Joe Biden at his best. That is someone who uh, is authentic. Mm -hmm. It's the reason he connects with people. He is having fun. This is not heavy lifting for, for Joe Biden. Joe Biden never gave up on Joe Biden. And it reminded me so much of 2008 John McCain. Is she the Help dumbest the person way. on the planet? Help is on the way. Joe Biden, uh, we need him. You know, you hit play on your phone or whatever, and there's Uncle Joe, Grandpa Joe Biden, talking in a way that I think Americans want to hear. The person, the person of Joe Biden is a welcome entry into this race. Every one of those people knew. Again, we knew and said so out loud, not because we have some special entree into the secrets of the Democratic Party. We certainly don't. We're hardly Democratic Party insiders, but because we watch TV for 90 seconds and we saw unmistakably the signs of dementia in Joe Biden. Every one of the people you just saw lied about what they knew. They hid that fact from you and the rest of the country because they wanted more power. But now the game is over for Joe Biden. As Mark McKinnon said, he's just too white. So suddenly our media is admitting what we noted three years ago and that everyone knew that this was a scam. They are living with the mess they created. And we hope that they will never be allowed to avoid responsibility for what they did. We hope so too, Tucker. It's um, it's a crazy fucking world, and <laughs> that um. On the grind, size more. Can't be too fine. Can't be too coarse. Someone. That special someone out there just dropped another cup of coffee on me. Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> Tucker Carlson with some absolute fire right there. Um, it, it's the, it's gotta be like the most, the biggest elephant in the room that nobody freaking talks about. <laughs> There's a lot of competition for dumbest person on the planet. <laughs> hey, sweetie. Hope you're having a good day. So, yeah. So there's, Tucker Carlson, that that is uh, some top notch work, man. I, I got to give him props whenever he when he he goes out of his way to really cover something that no one else is even gonna touch. So shout out to Tucker Carlson. Tag two sixty four said even his crackhead son knew he was senile. <laughs> what a time! What a time! What a time to be alive! Indeed. All right, let's keep it moving on. Uh, 520 already. QAnon is in the news because you guys just don't get it. Like, these people are seriously dangerous. I'm not going to read that article like this because I drive myself nuts when I talk like that. I know some of you out there are like, can you please stop? <laughs> can an unhinged false conspiracy theory be dismissed as fringe 
when this many people believe in it, like, you, do you guys have any idea how many people believe in QAnon? <laughs> I, I, I gotta read it. I have to read it. <laughs> History and mythology are replete with examples of how so-called losers change the world. Boy, is that a good start off sentence, loser. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> one problem is, is that loser isn't changing the world in your Daily Beast articles. Quote, the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church, according to the second and third century theologian, theologian Tertullian. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can imagine, said Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first Star Wars movie. This guy's a great writer, huh? You see, you see why he's writing for the Daily Beast? Because he uh, sucks at writing scripts. <laughs> a more recent, if less noble, example. When it comes to taking over the Republican Party, QAnon is winning by Lozang. According to the New York Times, at least... Even the Q candidates are losing the most of their, even though most of the Q candidates are losing their elections, their ideas are gaining currency. Dun, dun, dun. You cannot stop the Great Awakening, my friends. First, on the rare occasion, Q adjacent candidates, that's a new, that's a new term out there we have now. We have Q adjacent candidates do win, like Majority Taylor Greene and Lauren Balbert. These backbenchers punch way above their weight in terms of garnering attention and expanding the Overton window. <laughs> that dude actually came up with that sentence. He, he literally wrote that sentence. It came to him in his head, and he wrote it down. <laughs> Not only did it come up in his head, he wrote it freaking down, dude. <laughs> the traditional Republicans are co-opting their ideas, be questioning Joe Biden's 2020 election victory, talking about the deep state and using terms like groomer were once seen as far beyond the pale, but are now considered mainstream. In a sense, it's not surprising that a movement would lose elections, even if as its ideas are mainstreamed. Conservative presidential candidate Senator Barry Goldwater, viewed as dangerously extreme at the time, <laughs> got just 38% of the vote in 64, but he won the future of the Republican Party, if not America. As George Will wrote, as, as if George Will has any fucking clue what he's talking about, just as Williams Jennings, William Jennings Bryan lost three presidential elections, but brought invigorating new elements into the Democrat Party, Goldwater precipitated in the, in the Republican reorientation that would produce victories in five of the next six elections. Hmm. History about to repeat itself, I wonder. <laughs> Goldwater's run was built on ideas that were injected into the political bloodstream by prior conservative thinkers leading up to a 64 campaign. Quote, as is usually the case, Will wrote, cultural ferment preceded political transformation. Yes. Whatever the fuck that means. 28 years after Goldwater's loss, we witnessed another such example. Ask yourself, who does today's Republican Party look more like? George Bush or the Republican he defeated in the 1992 primary? Pat Buchanan. The point is that losing candidates can still, by virtue of going through the electoral process, inject their ideas into the larger body politic. Now, in this case of QAnon, these ideas are especially deranged 
I don't like them. Say what you will about Goldwater and Buchanan, respectively, but their extreme ideas were nothing compared to Pizzagate. <laughs> they always tie Pizzagate to QAnon, you know what I'm saying? But still, the concept of winning by losing is nothing new or surprising. We have, I think, how many do we have? Four or six um, people in D.C. and or state, le- state legislatures that are, you know, I wouldn't say identify with QAnon, but are friendly to, you know, truth. <laughs> you know, actually don't allow the their compromise confirmation bias to fulfill their every need. Actually look for information and facts and, you know, don't try to just spin narratives. You, you don't understand that. You're not going to, you're not going to understand that there, you daily beast moron. This is a bipartisan phenomenon. Whatever, dude. They're very upset that Republican ideas based in truth, facts, and research are gaining mainstream, garnering mainstream attention, guys. They're very upset with this. I want to talk to you about your your new piece. This is super interesting. QAnon candidates are losing, but their lies are winning. So we've had a series of QAnon candidates who are not doing particularly well, but somehow the language that they have been using has now become what? Almost mainstream. Other Republican candidates are picking it up. Terms like, you know, groomer, terms like deep state. They're now part of the Republican currency. Is that how you see the the QAnon views winning? I think that's exactly right. And, you know, it's not a new thing. I mean, quite often there are, you know, martyrs, so to speak. In this case, they're political martyrs. These are candidates who are losing. But it's like, if you strike me down, I will come back stronger than you could ever imagine. I think that's happening with Q. A lot of the candidates, in fact, most of the candidates who are running, who are QAnon fans or even Q adjacent, are actually losing their primaries. And I think that obviously should be celebrated. This person is is Garner is getting... Almost past Q adjacent to more QAnon. They're, they're, the radicalization is just, it can't be stopped. Unfortunately, they're, they may be losing that battle, but they're winning the larger war. Uh, their ideas are spreading. They are catching on and being co-opted, I think, by mainstream Republicans. In some cases, I think that mainstream Republicans are becoming infected and believing the lies. And in other cases, I think it's really performative. But you know, there's that Vonnegut quote, be careful who you pretend to be because you will become who you pretend to be. This is actually very... Boy, is that some poignant fucking advice there, you Daily Beast meathead. Take a look in the fucking mirror, numbnuts. Dangerous. And, uh, I mean, look, there's a a long history of losing candidates uh, winning. Uh, Pat Buchanan, I I don't want to compare Pat to QAnon. Uh, Say what you will about Pat, but I don't know of anything he said that, that is close to Pizzagate. But... Look at the 1992 primary. Did George H.W. Bush really win in 1992, or did Pat Buchanan win? Pat you can Buchanan say won. the same thing about Barry Goldwater in 1964. He got crushed. He got 38% of the vote. But I think he probably won, certainly, the future of the Republican Party. So I think this is something to be careful of and keep an eye on. Yes, it's important that uh, mainstream, normie, normal Republicans normie? Uh, win wait, 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 these primaries. Hold on a second here. Are you a mainstream normie? Did you just call yourself a mainstream normie? 
these primaries. Uh, but even if they win, the fight continues. You must continue to endure and be resilient because these Q ideas are, are kind of. Even if they're winning and we're getting our ass kicked and like. It's, it's it's this is becoming very upsetting that we are not able to control the narrative anymore. Like these these normies are even starting to look away from from the stupid shit that I have to say all the time. I mean, I don't understand it. Like I I, I write articles that are based in how I want the world to be. I don't I don't really do any actual research when I write stuff. Basically, what I do is. Well, somebody from George Soros tells me what to write, and, and then I write that, and then I get paid, and then we lose. And then we're still I'm <laughs> sneaking in and, and becoming mainstreamed. And as you write, once normal establishment Republicans, a lot of them pretending to be crazy to win the primary and then to get into the general <laughs> pretending to be crazy. The funny part is, is you dumb fucks don't have to pretend. You're actually fucking insane. Election, those ideas take hold. Senior columnist for the Daily Beast, Matt Lewis. Great piece. We'll be reading it. Thanks so much. We appreciate oh, it. It's just a great piece, man. It's, it's just really well done. And I'm very upset that we're losing this war. I, I just don't know what to do anymore. I, I can't get an audience. And I don't understand why nobody wants to watch me anymore. Nobody ever reads my articles. The only time anybody ever reads an article is when Abe catches it. <laughs> the, the only time my articles get any kind of play is when people make fun of me. I, mean, I do not like me, me, being made fun of, okay? Pretending to be crazy, yeah. Oh, these fucking people, dude. I got news for them, man. You think you're losing now? <laughs> you think you're already like... We're just not able to control the narrative anymore. Man, we're just losers. You think you're losing now. Give it six months. Six, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict and on myself away here. Six months. You think you're losing now? Just wait. Just hold on. Hold. Just stay patient, right? We, we've been having to stay patient for years here. I'm only asking for six months. And let me know how you guys uh, how you guys are doing out there in the narrative. <laughs> oh, these people, man! These people, so fucking clueless. I make myself laugh. Yeah. Maybe somebody will laugh with me if I laugh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> President Joe Biden's troubled son, 52, tried to intimidate the pusher after sending him the money ahead of a drug dealer, drug delivery. What? What is this? Why is it only the sun is getting these articles out there now? No one else is finding this stuff? I got to go to the sun. And then everyone's like, you're reading the sun? Seriously? Hunter Biden threatened a dealer over $1,200 drug order in detox by using his links to mobster Whitey Bulger's family. What do we know about Whitey Bulger fam? Can you can you remind me uh, what what President Trump if he if, if he had any does he really know anything about Whitey Bulger? Hunter Biden used his ties to notorious mobster Whitey Bulger's family to threaten a drug dealer over a twelve hundred dollar order he made while on detox. <laughs> uh, 
Hunter Biden and his business partner, Jim Bulger, posed together in a never-before-seen picture. Hey, Jim, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Patriot lady, God bless you. Hope all is well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, when the man didn't show up, Hunter furiously texted him, look up and see who I am, and then look and see who my friends and associates are. You got it, mister? My brother ends up dead. People end up dead around me all the freaking time. I'll just add you to the list. Right, Hunter? <laughs> so there's the there's the Hunter news for the day that's out there from Garrett. Uh, police frequency. Let's check in on a quick news uh, check here to see if there's anything breaking. Then we'll finish up the show with whatever I got left here today, guys. An Illinois judge finally snapped and said no bond for this violent felon who, of course, had a gun. Despite strict Illinois gun control, the fact that felons can't own guns. Repeat offender uh, who shot up at a police officer <clears throat> finally denied bond. Gee, finally. <laughs> that sounds like something phil godlowski would do <laughs> see uh <laughs> stage a stage of squatting sounds like something nah, i won't say it tim pole wouldn't do that he, tim pole would not stage a squatting for for ratings that no <clears throat> Okay, there's um, Be Reasonable picking that up. Chris Paul is an interesting dude, man. He's <laughs> I wish I could talk to him because he, he's uh, been misled by a bunch of the freaking meatheads in the in this movement. Uh, Californians sue Alameda County for picking government contractors based on their skin color. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't that affirmative action? Make up your minds here, California. Are we supposed to have affirmative action or are we not supposed to have affirmative action? Are you, are you supposed to hire government contractors based on their skin color or not? I'm, I'm, I'm having a real time understanding the, the policies of the radical dumb fuck left in this country. Uh, let's see, Ron out there, getting a the word out there today. My fellow Americans, it's time for us to take control of our destiny and take back our country. From Ron Watkins today, we have allowed other countries to take advantage of us for far too long. It's time to put America first. We need to take care of our own first and foremost. We need to create jobs here at home and keep our, our money here in our own country. We need to strengthen our borders and protect our sovereignty. We need to be a nation that is respected and feared by our enemies. We can no longer afford to be the world's policeman we need to focus on taking care of our own we need to put america first ron watkins out there today uh doing his as much work as he can uh god bless him man i hope he wins i really do he'll be a great what is this It'd be pro-insurrection <laughs> it's not down <laughs> be pro-insurrection and pro-cop you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-American. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-American. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro- <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I got duct taping his eyes open. <laughs> 
Dude, are we in for Kamal be- becoming president? Is that coming our way? <laughs> Is it supposed to be taping, <laughs> keeping his eyes open? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a meme. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you out there, Chris Paul? God bless you, brother. I appreciate you so much, bro. All right, um, let's see. What do we have here? I know you guys are not fans of Betsy Betsy DeVos. There have been she's been attacked and destroyed by a lot of people and her ties to the establishment and things like that. She's, you know, she's she's had her fair share of of shit thrown her away. Can I can I ask you, please, for a minute of your time from Betsy DeVos? K-12 education is the least disrupted industry in our country. We spend $750 billion a year. When it comes to education, America is using a 175-year-old industrial model approach, argues former U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. She is one of the very few department heads to have advocated for the abolition of the agency she ran. We don't even begin to understand the breadth and magnitude of the learning loss, the negative impact on kids, particularly the most vulnerable kids, low-income kids during the pandemic. And you couple the learning losses with the mental health challenges, and you have a disaster looming. DeVos is the author of the new book, Hostages No More, The Fight for Education Freedom and the Future of the American Child. Tonight, she breaks down creative new approaches to schooling being adopted in states like Florida and Arizona that could soon change the game for millions of children across America. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kelly. So, Jan, with a very important discussion that is near and dear to my heart, and obviously most of yours too as well, um, can we, do you guys mind if I give this about a few minutes? Um, because this is really important to me, and I kind of want to hear just where he goes with this at the beginning. Um, and then I'll get this link out there to you guys if you want to check it out. Um, if you want to continue to watch this, let me know, and I'll fit it into the, to the show uh, on Friday. And you were getting, I, I think it's an understatement to say a ton of flack for just about anything that you were trying to do. Um, and now you know, you've written about it in your book. What is it like to be outside of government now? Like how, how, how has your life changed? Well, I've been busy writing this book, which is about how we actually fix American education. And uh, it's been very, uh, in, I, I would say, energizing and cathartic at the same time. And uh, I'm continuing to advocate for kids and for their family's ability to direct their own, you know, their own child's education as I had for 30 years before I went to Washington. So in that regard, not much has changed. I just am able to do it now with a different perspective and a different set of experiences. And I'm working with governors and state legislators and uh, some of our federal elected officials as well to really promote and advance policies that are going to empower families to do just that. So tell me about this different perspective. Like, what is it that you... Nationwide school choice coming, fam. It's coming, and it's going to change the world. What, what were the big lessons of being in, the, in an administration? Well, it only confirmed further for me what I knew before even going there, and that is the federal government does not do education well. Catgirl says, I convinced a friend who lives in California to take her kids out of public school and school them at home. They excelled 
beyond what she ever imagined they could or that she could do. Empowering parents to um, teach their kids in the right way. It, it's it's got to be so scary to take that leap as a parent. I, I didn't take the leap because there was just no way back, you know, Marine Corps and all that. There's no way that I could spend the time doing it. So you just put the trust in the public school system, right? And then your kids end up. <laughs> it is not involved in education in a. You know, mine, mine have worked their way through college on their own and put themselves through college. And, you know, so they have they have world experiences that that shape them. But not a lot of people get that kind of stuff, you know, good and positive and constructive way. It is really the purview of the family and the most local units of government that really have to be able to uh, take charge of and control for the kids education. And we're seeing this happen now in more meaningful ways across the country with Arizona being the most recent state, the first state to enact a, a universal education freedom policy, which is going to change yes. the life trajectories for thousands of kids in that state. I'm very excited about that. I'm also excited about how that's going to continue to build momentum in other states for the policy changes necessary to do that same thing. And so it's interesting to me because you were the head of you know a, a large department bring competitions back to schools it is the very first solution that activists have been talking about for 20 freaking years bring competition back to schools and the problem starts to fix itself you know federal department of course you know education is left to the states but there's been all sorts of federal mechanisms created to be able to influence the yes. states with time right yes well uh, people often don't realize the fact that only eight or nine percent of funding for education for k-12 education comes from the federal government and yet the regulations and all of the policies that directly impact state and local education uh, is, are far beyond that eight or nine percent and so there are a lot of strings attached to the the money that government sends and funds for K-12 education. Uh, I contend that that money is better spent when directed by families from the state level as well. And I, I use the metaphor of a backpack. Kids go to school every day with the stuff they need for the day. Metaphorically, we should attach the funds that are already being spent on that child to that child's backpack for that family to figure out, is there a sign school working for them? If not, let's let's figure out where is going to work and education k-12 education is the least disrupted industry in our country and it is an industry we spend 750 billion dollars a year on k-12 education and we continue to get throwing might as well just throw it out to the trash poorer and worse results in spite of the fact of spending more and more and more money if we are, if we would empower families with those resources to b make those buying decisions, yes. we will get the creativity and ingenuity and entrepreneurship yes. we need in K-12 learning experiences that we haven't had to date with a 175-year-old industrial model approach. What place is there, if any, for a federal department of education? I've had someone on the show very recently who simply said, do away with it all. Right. I, I concur with that. I think the department should not exist. 
it was a payoff to the teachers unions that Jimmy Carter made in 1979 or 76 when he was running for election and it was actually affected or implemented in 1979. We have since then spent over one trillion dollars at the federal level alone with the express goal of closing the achievement gaps. Not only have those gaps not narrowed one little bit, by most measures they've actually widened. And so there is no compelling reason for having a federal department of education. There are a couple of laws that need to be, uh, we need to make sure are followed, uh, protecting civil rights and making sure children with disabilities have the kinds of supports they need. But those don't need to exist in a federal department. They can exist in another already established department and be overseen very well in those places. The Federal Department of Education does not add any value to kids' educations. You're Boom. I completely concur, Betsy. And I, I was a huge, I don't know if you've been here, but I was a huge advocate for Betsy. All right. The work, I watched her closely in Michigan and I studied the, the example that she did I studied the 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 policies and the changes that she did in Detroit, and the results from the, her changes was amazing. Underprivileged kids in Detroit get the worst education probably in the country. She turned it around. She completely turned around the Detroit school district, and and changed it to where there was schools that were outperforming other schools quickly. Within a year or two. So I'm just, I'm thrilled that the idea of empowering, it's a simple concept. It's a simple solution. Empower parents to select the best magnet style or religious school that they choose. Allow that money to be used that is normally given to school districts and states and everything else. Allow that money to go into the hands of the parents and use it as a voucher check. And suddenly, I guarantee you, within five to ten years of these kind of policies being issued nationwide, you're going to see the the worst school the worst school system in the world that is the United States of America change to one of the best with the quickness and then we address the textbooks in the same time the exact same time we have to address we have to address fixing the uh, the funding mechanisms and the empowerment of parents the same time we do that, we change the monopolization of textbooks and we allow these jurisdictions to decide which text as long as they're, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know how they, how you measure what you measure in this stuff, but you decentralize it to a point where local districts have control over that and not states. It's going to change the world and it's what's going to happen. And there's nothing they can do to stop it. Moving straight ahead here, we get to the rest of the stuff here I have today for you guys. DOJ insiders say Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office is too inadequate to investigate the Biden, Biden crime family corruption. It's an 11-minute read today from Margot Cleveland, and you know Margot. She's very extensive in her reads, and I love reading them, uh, but obviously don't have time today. But the it's a very important discussion it, that, that should be we should be having more often, and that is 
there needs to be a special counsel <laughs> or a special prosecutor outside of DC as soon as possible. As soon as possible, there needs to be an investigation through high level, similar to Durham. And so watch (laughs) as that happens. President Trump today issuing a 282 page letter from his law firm to CNN's chief executive officer and CNN's chief executive vice president and general counsel re the notice of an intent to bring civil action for defamation against them. You are witnessing watching the end of CNN as we know it. (laughs) I hope persuade the Florida statute 770.01. This letter serves as formal notice of the false statements about president Donald day J Trump, president Trump in numerous articles and televised transmissions published by the CNN cable news network including, but not limited to, those discussed below. In accordance with Florida Statute 770.02, CNN must publish a full, fair correction, apology, or retraction in the same editions of corresponding issues of the website publication in which the aforementioned articles, transcripts, or broadcasts appeared and in as conspicuous a place and type as said the original article transcript or broadcast within 10 days from the date of service of this notice failure to publish such a correction apology or retraction will result in the filing of a lawsuit and damages being sought against you cnn and there is like i said 282 pages in this letter i got a feeling they were quite extensive within the information that they put in here Let's just start off with some of them here. The 2016 election in November of 2016, Americans participated in a spirited presidential election pitting Hillary Rodham Clinton against President Trump. President Trump earned 306 electoral college votes compared to Clinton's 227. After the 2016 election, various members of the Democrat Party gave numerous televised statements claiming the 2016 election was illegitimate. These included... This included suggestions about Russian interference causing President Trump to win the election and regular referrals of President Trump being an illegitimate president. CNN repeatedly allowed these uh, allowed for assertions that President Trump was illegitimately elected and largely go unchallenged, including statements made by Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Jimmy Carter, Jerry Nonads Nadler, the Penguin himself, John Lewis. Uncle Tom himself, Diane Feinstein, Marcia Fudge, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz. The 2020 presidential election. On or around November 3rd, 2020, Americans participated in another hotly contested presidential election as COVID-19 continued to cause infections and deaths across the country. Election officials instituted unusual expansions of voting methods and periods. Voters were subjected to scalding advertisements and media personalities predicting calamities wedded to electing Joe Biden or re-electing President Trump depending on the speaker's point of view. Um, Many Trump supporters went to bed on the night of November 3rd, 2020, with high hopes of President Trump's re-election, seeing leads for their candidate in several important states, such as Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan, and Arizona. By the morning, media outlets were announcing the lead for Biden, with late tabulations running the tide, turning the tide in the former president's favor. By the following weekend, CNN announced that Joe Biden had won the election and was already ascertaining that the president falsely claimed the the election was being stolen from him as many mail-in ballots were often counted after election day votes landed in the column of his opponent. 
This is intriguing. For the ensuing two months, President Trump asserted that the election had been rigged against him as had been as he had predicted before the election when early voting and mail-in ballot usage were greatly expanded. Some administration officials and supporters rejected the idea, largely accepting the, that cheating had taken place, but believing it could not have been on such a scale to make the president lose battleground states. Dozens of lawsuits were filed across the country, the majority ending up dismissed on procedural grounds. Lawyers for the president pursued a claim that an elaborate international conspiracy coupled with a commonly used voting machine were somehow responsible for Joe Biden's win. Recounts and audits in various states continued into the middle of 2021. <clears throat> CNN's reporting both before and after, but both before the election as well as after the election, consistently fed the narrative that denounced President Trump's legitimacy and competency. The reporting appears to be results-oriented, as betrayed uh, in an undercover video. A CNN employee was filmed discussing the defendant's coverage of the 2020 election. An employee boasted that CNN helped to defeat President Trump in 2020 and called the defendant his his employer propaganda. Look at what we did. We got Trump out. I'm 100% going to say it, and I 100% believe it, that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have gotten voted out. CNN's rush to label Trump a liar. Uh, CNN's branding of President Trump as a liar extends to likening him to Nazis and communists. CNN's willful and continued uses of the big lie characterization. Wow. <laughs> huh. I, questions about election integrity are not baseless. This is this is a very intriguing lawsuit. I'm interested to see how CNN reacts to this. Without regard for President Trump's genuine belief in his statement, CNN has published numerous articles characterizing him as a liar and purveyor of the big lie. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what to make of this, dude. I think you guys should probably look into this a little more. I don't know if I can get this link out there to you. Hold on. I don't know if that'll if that link will work. But I'll get it out there to you guys just in case. All right, there's give that a try. So yeah, um, we'll see where it comes from. That I'll keep a close eye on it, and uh, anything more that comes out there from it, we'll uh, let you guys know. All right, uh, from the vigilant Fox today, <laughs> caught spreading lies, <laughs> the view. Turning point just nuked the view for their defamatory statements. Have you, do you guys, I, I've never, I can't listen to the view because they're just, they just drive me nuts. So I'm going to drive you guys nuts for 30 seconds. It's, oh, okay. So you have to read this thing. Oh, I've got a legal note. Uh, the conservative oh, group. Sonny normally does this, but you I know, yes, I know. Yes. This is our knockoff lawyer. Okay. The conservative <laughs> group, Turning Point USA, has condemned the group of neo Nazis and said they have nothing to do with the organization. Yeah, but where was DeSantis is what I want to know. But you let them in. You let them in and you knew what they were. So you are complicit. We'll be right back. What is wrong with Whoopi, dude? What? What is? There's something seriously wrong with her. It. it. Seriously. What the hell? 
So on Monday, we talked about the fact that there were openly neo-Nazi demonstrators outside the Florida Student Action Summit of the Turning Point USA group. We want to make clear that these demonstra demonstrators were gathered outside the event and that they were not invited or endorsed by Turning Point USA. A Turning Point USA spokesman said the group quote, 100% condemns those ideologies, and said Turning Point USA Security tried to remove the neo-Nazis from the area but could not because they were on public property. Also, Turning Point USA wanted to clarify, wanted us to clarify that this was a Turning Point USA summit and not a Republican Party event. So we apologize for anything we said that may have been unclear on these points. Charlie Kirk jumped the shit out of him yesterday and said, we're going to sue your asses into oblivion. And they had to eat crow today quicker than shit. Couple that with President Trump's lawsuit today, and um, uh, I triggered. <laughs> Success. <laughs> oh, love you guys. God bless you all. Longtime whistleblower champion Chuck Grassley is going to be giving a keynote speech on National Whistleblower Day tomorrow, the 28th of July. I'm going to find the video of this, and we are going to cover as much of this as possible tomorrow. But I wanted to give you guys a heads up. Chuck Grassley giving a, an important uh, speech tomorrow on whistle, National Whistleblower Day. Given the news that we have recently received with regards to the whistleblowers that, that, uh, that are tied into the criminality involved in the FBI and the DOJ, something tells me it's going to be <laughs> goal. <laughs> something tells me it's going to be interesting to see what Chuck has to say tomorrow. So we'll check that out. Uh, checking in with FCCED today. Thank you guys very much for being here today with me, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. 2445 gold pills today. Thank you, Trick Pony, for dropping 100 gold pills on me. I appreciate that. All you guys for your love, support, and prayers. I appreciate it. Deutsche Bank settles money laundering case for $7.1 million. Producer Jason Van Eman sentenced to 21 years in prison over a $60 million fraud scheme. Who is this guy? Federal judge in Florida. <clears throat> Wire fraud, money laundering, according to court records, he must uh, pay the victim of his financing scheme over $9 million in restitution. Weather Vane Productions. Co-defendant Benjamin McConley. So there's that. Checking in with the Department of Just Us today to figure out how to figure out how to do justice. I highly freaking doubt it. They'll probably let's let's do some more speeches. Can I hear you guys talk some more? That'd be great. $293,000 jury award against the city of Springfield, Illinois, for discriminating against people with disabilities. Yay! Former Minneapolis police officers Tao Thao and J. Alexander Quang sentenced to prison for depriving George Floyd of his constitutional rights. Floyd and two more Floyd um, depriving George Floyd of his constitutional rights. Federal court orders clinic to close George Floyd's constitutional rights. Hey, Justice Department, um, can I ask you a fucking question about the constitutional rights of January 6th protesters, you fucking scum? And with that, I want to say thank you all for being here with me today, as you are every day. We'll be back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Day at 5 Eastern, 4 Central, 1 Eastern tomorrow, Occam's Razor with Red Pill 78. I can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to it, as always. I appreciate you guys very much. I hope you guys have a great evening. And do me a favor, live blessed. Say prayers for Greg and Catherine. Uh, they are under a lot of pressure and constantly moving and and 
just the great Patriots around this country doing what they can. Uh, I hear that they are a little bit under the weather. Do me a favor, say a prayer and give us them a shout out on true social with that. I want to say much love and God bless you all. Have a great evening. See you guys back here tomorrow. Five Eastern. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.